Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. And today will be better than yesterday. Today is the birthday of my little brother, Sam Lincoln. That's crazy. I'm Buster Only, working from my home in New York. And today we have the return of the Reverend. The Lord is slashing prices and Olsen must go. Just dial 1-800-SHIT-A-LOT for the franchise nearest you. Uh, we even have a drive through window. Can I take your order, Reverend? That's right. The Reverend Taylor Schwenk, back from officiating a wedding over the weekend. You are now officially dubbed the Reverend Taylor. I appreciate you uh, following my wishes, uh, you know, as I'm a man of the Lord and, and religion <laughs> and, and Buster. We're going to talk about a lot of high-stakes stuff today on the podcast, and I know there was a lot of drama over the weekend, but there was nothing more dramatic than Sunday. The wedding was about to, was supposed to start at 6.30. At about 6 o'clock, I bend over to pick something off the ground. My pants disintegrated on me. There was a Oh, my God. There was a giant hole in the back of my pants. They were these cheap rental suits. Uh, it was funny because I was talking about it probably, you know, an hour before. I'm like, oh, these things suck. Like, look how gross they are. And I bend over to pick a piece of paper off off the ground. Bam. My grandma, my aunt, they sprung into action. They they got a sewing kit. They they stitched me up real good. And I did not have to. Uh, no one had to see my underwear walking down the aisle, uh, you know, or in pictures or anything. So it was very stressful, but it was also a wonderful day. And, uh, you know, I recovered because I'm a professional. And uh, it was all good. We had a lovely time celebrating my cousin Jonathan and his, his lovely bride, Megan. So it was, it was a wonderful weekend. Well, you know, you could have parlayed that into people like carrying you up onto the altar, right? <laughs> like, in a, like a, you have people like literally hoisting you so no one would have to see you walk down the aisle. You didn't play that right, I think. But it was right. nice that, you know, your family members stepped up and gave you some safety pins. Yeah, the real MVPs, Grandma and Aunt Debbie. But yeah, you're right, Buster. That would have been a good move, especially with a man of my stature, you know, be, being, uh, you know, having a congregation, a flock of sheep, if you will. Well, you are the reverend. <laughs> That's for sure. All right. Uh, National League Division Series yesterday, Brewers and Braves, the two teams tied one game apiece. The Brewers struggling for hits, and that continued. Anderson to Kane for his pitch. He swings. Swanson diving to his right makes the play. Oh, a run-saving play. Dansby Swanson infield in. He dove to his right on the ground, smothered it, got up, and nailed Kane at first. A huge play. Circle that one for Dansby Swanson. That was Carl Ravitch on ESPN Radio. That was the top of the fifth inning. Here's what happened in the bottom of the fifth. Here it comes. Peterson rocks one to right. Did he get it all? Oh, my goodness. 12 rolls up in right, nearly into the Chop House restaurant. Seven straight postseasons with a homer for Jock Peterson. And it is Jocktober again. A three-run shot. Atlanta three. The Brewers nothing. He's unbelievable. Yep. He's pinch hit three times this year. And he has two home runs and a single in the postseason. Really amazing. The Braves win this game three to nothing. They lead the series two to one. They can wrap it up today. Jock Peterson spoke to the reporters after the game about that home run. It looked like a really hard pitch that hit for a home run high inside. Yeah, I just, I'm a pretty good player, so I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just knocked it out the yard. 
Chuck Peterson, he never lacks for confidence. First pitch is part of ESPN Nation, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Last night, Dodgers and Giants, the wind was howling from left field to right field at Dodger Stadium. A lot of predictions before the game about how many home runs were going to be hit in this game. Well, you know what? Wasn't the case because the pitching was great. Max Scherzer on the mound for the Dodgers, facing Chris Bryant at the top of the first. 0-2 on the way. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. So Scherzer able to pitch out of the jam, and he comes storming off the mound. Boog Shambi on ESPN Radio with that call. Alex Wood was terrific for the Giants. The 2-1. Swing and a hard hit one hopper to short. Crawford up with it. Goes to second, and Lestella there to step on the base. And Wood able to get out of it. Dodgers leave a couple here in the bottom of the fourth. It was still 0-0, top of the fifth inning. Veteran Evan Longoria came to the plate. And Longoria swings and drives one. Well struck, out towards left field. That one back, it's got a chance, and it's gone! Home run, Evan Longoria out to left center field into the pavilion, and it is nothing Giants. And that only run stood up into the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs for the Dodgers. Gavin Lux pinch hit for Kenley Jansen. And a 1-0. Swing and a ball drilled center field. Duggar going back, slowing down under it. He's got it, and that's the ball game. Lux flies to center. Doval closes it out. And the Giants able to make the one run stand up and they win game three by the final of one to nothing. What a win for the San Francisco Giants. And when Lux hit that ball, he raised his hand in the air because he knew he did a home run. But then he remembered he hit it into the teeth of that crosswind and it absolutely died out in center field. Here's Gabe Kapler, the Giants manager on Evan Longoria's home run. We talked about it a little bit pregame. Uh, I think his swings have been more on time recently, um, and he has run into a stretch where some calls haven't gone his way. And as a result, he's kind of fallen into some disadvantage counts. It's hard to climb out of those uh, against the caliber of, of pitchers that we've been facing. But you did kind of see the bat speed, and you saw the explosiveness, and you saw the good decision-making. And eventually, a caliber of player like Longo is is going to run into a good pitch to hit and and put a really good swing on it. And obviously, that was the, the biggest one of the night. Yeah, a big night for Evan Longori. He talked about the home run and the weather conditions. I mean, I knew I knew I got every bit of, of it as far as how hard I could hit a baseball. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't quite sure that it was going to go out. Um, I mean, this the conditions tonight were crazy. I mean, uh, we, we were talking about coming over. It's like, I don't think I've stepped out of the box as many times in my career as I have, you know, mid at bat tonight. Um, a couple of times I felt like I was going to get blown over by the wind, a lot, of, a lot of dust in the eyes. And so it was it was definitely um, a little bit more difficult environment to hit in and play in tonight. Yeah, I, I was uh, thinking if that ball didn't, it didn't go out tonight, I was uh, I might have just cashed it in. <laughs> Yeah, when Lux hit the ball uh, with two outs in bottom line ninth inning, Longoria said he thought it was definitely going to be a home run. But, nope, the wind held it in. Max Scherzer talked about his night. 
you get to the postseason, you know, you can always lose by one pitch. Uh, you can always that, that 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 comes into play. And tonight, I lost on one pitch. Giants and Dodgers play game four later today. The Philadelphia Phillies hired Kevin Long as the their new hitting coach. Long had been with the Washington Nationals, where he served as a coach for Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper moved on to the Phillies, and now Kevin Long follows him. In the American League, the Astros-White Sox game was rained out, but there was controversy with the sign-stealing scandal popping up again. We'll be talking about that with Jessica Mendoza. At Fenway Park last night, the Red Sox, the Reds, bottom of the third inning. Red Sox had two runners on base. The first pitch is hit high in the air to deep center. Kiermaier back at the wall. Gone! A high drive to straightaway center field, and Rafael Devers has given the Red Sox a 3 to nothing lead. The great Dan Schulman on ESPN Radio. Eduardo Rodriguez was terrific for the Red Sox, but Tampa Bay would start to come back. Wander Franco doing it again in the top of the sixth. Franco now bats from the left side, and he swings and he drives it to center. This ball's well hit. Hernandez back. He's got a turn, and it's gone. Wander Franco has done it again. So at that point, you're thinking, well, maybe the Red Sox aren't going to wrap this up tonight in the top of the eighth inning. Tampa Bay rallied again. Kevin Kiermeyer coming through. And the pitch is swinging a line drive right center field. This is going to split the outfielders and get to the wall. Zanino's going to come in to score on an RBI double by Kiermeyer, and the Rays are back within one. That rally continued. Here's the 1 1 to a Rosarena and a swing and a base hit into right center field. Kiermeyer's getting the wave around third. Renfro's got a strong arm, but the throw's up the line. Kiermeyer scores to tie it. A Rosarena into second. It is 5 5. And it felt like Tampa Bay carried that momentum into the bottom of the eighth inning. There was one out, Alex Verdugo at second base, and this happened. And a swing and a fly ball to right center field. Kiermeyer and a Rosarena there. Kiermeyer sets up, makes the catch. Here comes Verdugo, and he is out at third base. A one-hop strike from deep right center by Kevin Kiermeyer. A beautiful throw there, and so was five all. Well, in the bottom of the ninth inning, Christian Vasquez singled to lead off the bottom of the ninth, and when he advanced to third, Danny Santana was inserted as a pinch runner. And here's what happened next. And the 0-1 pitch, a swing and a fly ball. Left center field. Meadows will make the catch. Here comes Santana. It is not in time, and the Red Sox are going to the ALCS. And the 100-win Rays, who I picked to win the World Series, they're going home. Kike Hernandez talked about that late decision by Red Sox manager Alex Cora to insert the pinch runner. So I was about to walk to the plate. They called Christian back to the dugout, and they they brought in Danny, and that, that took a little bit of pressure off because obviously there are different types of runners, and at the time I was like, a homer scores Christian. No, uh, uh, it, it went. It went from uh, from having to get a hit or feeling like I have to get a hit, obviously, because uh, their their off field throws pretty well, especially their center fielder, right fielder, um, and then having the faster run at third base kind of you know took the pressure off. Alex Cora, who did an amazing job this season for the Red Sox, talked about advancing to the American League Championship Series. 
just proud of the group, proud of uh, everybody here, happy for my family, um, you know, that they can enjoy this, happy for Boston, you know, it was an amazing day, that was loud, that was actually better than yesterday, and, uh, you know, it's something that uh, we envision uh, before the season, we envision in the off season, and, and the fact that we are, you know, one series away from going to the World Series, it means a lot to, to this organization. Here's Ray's outfielder, Kevin Kiermeyer. You know what? I'm not. I'm not disappointed at all. Um, would have loved to to win that game and, and you know have another opportunity. But after you know everyone's in the clubhouse right now, shaking hands, hugging each other, and it just uh, reminds us how special of a year it was. And I, I always say there's no moral victories. I mean, we came up short, no doubt about that. Red Sox played their butts off. Uh, tip tip our caps to them. They were great. Um, and, you know, they beat us fair and square. You, you, you win as a team, you lose as a team, and, uh, you know, our season's over. Taylor, what you got? Or, sorry, the Rev, what do you got? Thank you for being respectful, Buster. Listen, everyone, we've got a great slate of postseason games on ESPN Radio today. And a reminder, you can listen to every single postseason game on ESPN Radio. A batch of games for here. We've got Astros, White Sox. Tune in at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Brewers, Braves. Tune in at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And the nightcap, Giants, Dodgers. Tune in at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Dogs are an important part of our lives. And keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Jessica Mendoza is a baseball analyst for ESPN, and we are catching her between hits on the show. Get up this morning. Jess, thanks for making time for us. Yes. Are you kidding me? After a quadruple header last night. Yeah, I can feel the adrenaline in your voice this morning. Uh, And you you got it going in between TV hits. All right. Dodgers, Giants. uh, What a game last night. How about the rookie closer for the Giants stepping in throwing the last two innings? You know, I, I am so impressed just on so many different levels, you know, 24 years old, he doesn't make it above single a in, until this year. And honestly, for the Giants organization to be able to understand the talent, sending him down to triple a working with his mechanics, working on his line to home his time to home, you know, being able to make him the pitcher that, that he, they knew that he was. And then the trust. I mean, you talk about a huge game and moment to put him into. He was not the solidified closer. He is now. But to put him into that moment and not just ask for three outs, but six outs. And you could tell the demeanor, everything that Gabe Kapler has talked about, what he's made of. And it came to fruition in that moment. Yeah, Camilo Duvall, after he came back uh, to the dugout after the eighth inning, according to Gabe Kapler after the game, they asked him, hey, how do you feel about going out for a second inning? And the response that he gave was, I got it, Poppy. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I just love it. feels like every every uh, every year we seem to find these young, uh, hard-throwing relievers uh, who make a difference in these games, and he certainly did last night. How about everyone? By the way, sorry, 102.5 miles an hour. I mean, I know we're getting like used to triple digits, but like the way that it's an easy plus 100 miles an hour is is impressive, beyond impressive. Evan Longoria looked relieved that he hit a home run last night. You know, and watching his interview after the game, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the way it was with the wind, I mean, and he even joked, you know, with Lauren Shahadi after the game of just like, I was going to pack up my bag and leave because that thing didn't clear the wall because I absolutely crushed it. I mean, ask Gavin Lux. I mean, he felt the same way. He thought for sure 107 miles an hour, 22 degree launch angle. That's a home run 90% of the time, you know, Lux's last, you know, uh, the last out of the game. So for Evan Longoria, it just gives you that much more appreciation for the fact that nothing was leaving the stadium last night unless you absolutely crush it. He did. So what do you see happening tonight? You know, I, I feel like for, for both of these teams, I mean, I, I look at just how close that they have played each other for the Dodgers, you know, they out hit the giants. And I think just keep on keeping on, like, as much as you want to say, you need to make adjustments, things need to change. Like these teams are playing pretty much absolutely perfect baseball right now. Like this to me feels so much like the world series because of how talented, I mean, Brandon Crawford being able to climb the ladder and make that ridiculous play against Mookie Betts, the positioning of San Francisco to take away. There were 20 hard hit balls in that game. Buster 15 were by the Dodgers. So if you're thinking, okay, we got to make changes, we're getting shut out. I mean, you got to kind of tip your hat to how well the Giants have manipulated their pitchers and their defense to just be in the right positions. Yep, 100 uh, percent. And you're right. The trick for the Dodgers is to convince themselves, hey, we're, we're fine. We'll figure out a way to do this. And they have that sort of experience. The Milwaukee Brewers don't have as much experience and they're not hitting at all, Jess. The numbers that are coming out of that series with them being shut down, I think, reflect what we're seeing in this matchup. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, mean, to be expected, that's kind of the story of the Brewers all season long when you were, first of all, they didn't get a lot of love, a lot of credit. Nothing was really coming out of the Central until the end of the season when the Cardinals were just red hot. 
Um, but Milwaukee is known. I mean, this is what we've talked about now for years is they pitch. They, they got bullpen arms. They've got starting pitching that's been absolutely ridiculous. And they have to. They have to pitch. And the pressure that that puts on a team in the postseason and even more so the offense. And you look at Christian Yelich. I mean, that's like the, you know, you're talking about former MVP, a guy that it's a lot of pressure to carry knowing that the offense has lacked. And then the one guy you look, look to is Yelich and you feel like he needs to get it done every single time he steps in the batter's box. So my pick to advance to the World Series in American League with the Rays, they're out. My pick in the National League with the Brewers, they're close to being out. I'm not feeling so You're good. You're doing about good. This. Yeah, I'm doing really well. So I'm just going to let you talk about the Boston Red Sox and that amazing series and how surprising it is. They not only I mean, think about where they were just what was it nine days ago? They're down in the in the uh, in the middle innings or late innings against the Washington Nationals, and they're facing a play a one game playoff just to get into the wild card game. They came back that day. Then they beat the Yankees in the wild card game. And now they've come back against the Rays, who I think everybody thought was the best team in the American League this year. I, you know, and obviously it's a lot of things beyond. I mean, they have to score runs. That's one thing. I mean, what gets lost in these wins and the magic that is Red Sox right now is the fact that they're giving up runs. I mean, they were averaging, you know, they had to get eight runs a game just to get into this game. Now they're averaging 6.1 runs a game to be able to win these games. And we talk about pitching and defense so much in the postseason for the Red Sox. It's about the offense. They have to score runs because they're going to give them up. And then you got to tip your hat. I don't care what you think, how you feel. Alex freaking Cora, 15 and four in the postseason. I mean, this guy is absolutely remarkable. A last place team in the first place. You watch him in the dugout, his demeanor, the moves that he makes. There is something about him that we are going to talk about for a very long time, regardless if you like the Red Sox or not. He is one of the best managers we have ever seen in the postseason, and he's continuing to prove it. Yeah, I, uh, I I told the story in the podcast yesterday about how in moments of uh, when bad things happen, it, you know, different managers all text him and say, hang in there. You know, like uh, uh, I remember texting Kevin Cash after the Blake Snell thing in the World Series last year. And with Alex Cora during this course this year, I texted him and his response is always the same. Like I texted him right after Chris Sale tested positive for COVID. Within 0.2 seconds, it's, we'll be fine. Uh, he said the same thing the other day. Uh, and that's, that's his demeanor, right? He, he, you can watch him during the course of these games and he looks like he assumes they will find a way to prevail. Yeah. And it's a, it's actually, a, I, I feel like it's an intelligent confidence because yep. you hear that a lot from those that are defensive and there's, there's definitely a giant line between the two, but it sounds the same. Well, we're fine. We're fine. Right. You know, and it's that defensive, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about this. I'm just going to play this off as we're fine. There is something about Alex that understands how <laughs> it's the, how that he probably doesn't describe in the text back that he knows they'll be fine because he's figured out a way with his staff, with his team, and whether it's just embedding confidence so that they believe in themselves or honestly getting them right, whether it's mechanical adjustments, mental adjustments, like getting in the clubhouse, like getting an understanding. It's not just a defensive will be fine. It's an understanding of actually what needs to happen to make sure that they're fine. Debbie Gammons Brown writes in that Alex Cora's will be fine. is like Belichick's we're on to Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. Uh, do you think there are any teams with regrets over the fact they didn't sign Kike Hernandez? He got a two-year, fourteen million dollar deal just during the offseason. Think some team might want 
Kike Hernandez on that sort of deal, you know, tip of the about, cap to Heim Bloom. How about the Dodgers? Oh. I mean, that was like, I mean, the biggest thing to me, the unspoken kind of, you know, when you talk about depths with the Dodgers and so many names, it was always Kike, you know, coming in, especially against a left-handed pitcher, huge key at bats. Could they not have used that last night? I couldn't help. I don't know. Maybe it's just me because I live in, or, you know, from LA watching Kike Hernandez get the game winning RBI just minutes or well, actually minutes into the Dodgers Giants game had already started. And then here you have an offense struggling to figure out a way to score a run when their hero of so many postseason times had just won it for another team. So if I'm looking at a team that wish they had signed Kike Hernandez, how about the Dodgers keeping Kike Hernandez? And I think how much they could have helped help him help them in these wins or losses right now. Who would have imagined that on a day when the White Sox and the Astros had a rain out that there was going to be controversy, but that way we had, uh, that's what we had yesterday after reliever Ryan Tapera uh, of the White Sox made reference to the science scaling scandal and how the White Sox are pitching the Astros. Give a listen to him. It is what it is. Uh, they've obviously had a reputation of, you know, doing some sketchy stuff over there and, you know, it's just, uh, we can say that it's a, a little bit of a difference, you know. I think you saw the swings and misses tonight compared to, uh, you know, the first two games of Minimate. But that's not really the story, you know. Um, we come here to yeah, play. Yeah, that's not, that's not really the story, but he made it the story with what he said. Here's Dusty Baker giving a response to that. I haven't heard anybody even talk about it, to tell you the truth. You know, um, you know. You know, he can say what he wants to say. I, I, I never even, you know, uh, you know, heard heard his name before. Jess, what do you think? <laughs> I, I hate it. I mean, honestly, like, I, and, and I, if you if you don't want to give a team any more like bulletin board, like we're gonna come out and just absolutely crush you. I mean. If the Astros who have had a chip on their shoulder, you've seen it all season long, not showing up to the all-star game, just that defiance. I feel like last year it was, it, it got the best of them this year. It's absolutely fueled them. I don't think anything could have just put, if you want to spark up a team who's already been hot offensively, but to show, okay, you want to see us hit in Chicago. Cause you're saying something's going on in minute made. And I get it. This is a team that cheated. It was proven. But now this is a team that is absolutely talented. And I don't think you need to fuel any fire. It's one thing to talk about amongst yourselves to say it publicly is only, in my opinion, going to get this Houston team even more lit and absolutely happen offensively now going forward. Yeah, Jess, I feel like if anybody was going to say it, it it, it has to be Tim Anderson, right? On that team, it can't be a reliever. Um, it, uh, It just can't be. And I don't think Tim Anderson would say that. Speaking of him, uh, I wanted to run this past you. You're a perfect person to answer this question. Uh, we got this Bleacher tweet. Uh, the question is, you've been tapped to direct a movie, The Intangibles. You never see them coming. A blockbuster holiday superhero film. What players, skippers, and teams do you cast from the 2021 season? So I'm going to give you my team, and you can add you know, add uh, any player you want. I got Alex Gore as the manager. Tim Anderson is on the team. Jose Abreu is on the team. Wander Franco is on the team. Juan Soto is on the team. Alex Bregman is on the team. Catchers, Salvi Perez, Yadi Molina. First base, Freddie Freeman. I got Ozzy Albies at second. I got Bogarts playing shortstop. 
Uh, Bryce Harper, maybe Tim Anderson's my third baseman in that situation. My outfield, <laughs> I got uh, Bryce Harper, Judge, and Castellanos. Pitchers, I got Scherzer, Bueller, Wainwright, Charlie Morton. My closer's Liam Hendricks. This is the all intangible team. What do you think? I think it's a stupid, ridiculous team. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, how much fun. This is what I don't, I get excited. Like, you make me think about like the Olympics or, you know, if you could put together like the real dream team, right? I mean, that's what you just did. I mean, it's just crazy. I, maybe if I'm going all postseason though, like throw in a Randy Rosarena and Rafael Devers, because I think that would be it. There's the intangibles, yeah. but then there's like the all postseason current. Like who just steps up? I mean, you got Kike Hernandez. I mean, there's just players right now that we see. I mean, Rosarena, his numbers. I mean, it's 354 batting average, 11 home runs. I think I saw somewhere they he has more home runs in the postseason than like all of the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> just insane. So yeah, I I like your team. I'd like to then move it forward and let's come up with a bunch of different teams, especially an all postseason team. That that's a great idea. By the way. How much fun would it be to have Tim Anderson and Ozzy Albies playing beside each other? Oh my gosh. Well, just, just the fun. Like I would love to just hang out with those two. Those two are I mean, people that don't know them and not that like we're best friends with them, but being around Tim Anderson, first of all, just his understanding of like just the bigger picture of life is absolutely yep. amazing. And Ozzy Albies, everyone who is within 15 feet, it's like an automatic smile. Like, boom, like you can't not smile when you're around him. Exactly. All right. Good luck with the rest of your hits. I know you're going to be busy. I know I'll be watching. Yes. No, it's a fun time of year, Buster. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This is the Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, a reporter and a uh, producer for MLB.com. And Sarah, uh, this is Taylor Schwenk's first day back at the podcast since officiating a wedding, and he wants to be called the Rev. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. That is a fun one. I mean, I'm all in. You know, when people want to create their own nicknames, I think we have to let them go with it. You know, I think the... Organic nicknames are always a little bit better, but you know, if someone wants to be called something, that's fine. When I was little, there was a kid who used to make fun of me, called me Sari, and I got so mad about that. You know what? We're okay with all nicknames. I'm good with it. Well, I think what's your yours at ESPN was like what Langer? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a Carl Ravage special. Uh, Langer, there's slangs, obviously, which is now my Twitter handle. But I used to get mad at slangs, slangsy I got in high school. So, you know, I'm all in on all nicknames. Sarah is a hard to nickname name. So I'm good with it, Taylor. You're good. Yeah, it's a lot harder than Buster, let me tell you. All right, uh, let's uh, play the numbers game. Number three. Number three is two. So John Peterson yesterday hit a pinch hit home run for the second time this postseason. That is now tied for the most pinch hit home runs in a postseason career or in a single postseason. So the only other guys with two pinch hit home runs in a single postseason were Bernie Carbo in 1975 in the World Series and Chuck Esegian, excuse me if I said that wrong, in 1959, also in the World Series. And another thing that I loved with this is they've both been off the same pitcher, Adrian Hauser. Jock Peterson is the first player in postseason history with multiple pinch hit home runs off the same pitcher. And I think that's just insane. Number two. Number two is five. So, uh, you know, our former colleague, Alex Cora, is now undefeated in potential series clinching postseason games. So he's the only manager in postseason history with at least five wins and no losses. But of course, that may change at some point in those types of games. But his his five straight wins in potential series clinching games to start his managerial career is tied for the second longest such streak. Only Terry Francona, who won six straight to start his career, has had a longer streak. And Alex Cora is tied with Tony La Russa and Casey Stengel. So this is very, very good managerial company to be in. Number one. Number one is 14. So last night was the 14th time that Buster Posey has been the starting catcher in a game that his team won via shutout, which was already by far the most of any catcher in postseason history. So he has 14. Yadier Molina has eight. And Yogi Berra has seven. And the Giants have 27 team shutouts in franchise postseason history. Buster Posey has caught more than half of them. This is just wild to me. And if anyone is saying, okay, Yogi Berra, there were fewer postseason games back then. Buster has done this in just 57 starts behind the plate. Yogi Berra had a lot more starts behind the plate. So he had a lot more chances to do so. And Buster has just dealt with some outstanding pitching on his teams. And, you know, Camilo Doval uh, finishing up that game last night to give him number 14 was really, really outstanding to watch. How's your mom holding up, Sarah, before you go? I need to hear get a report on your mom. How's her tension level? One win away from defeating the Dodgers, putting the Dodgers to bed. There's a lot of tension, but very, very excited. She, uh, you know, I've been tweeting out some trends uh, throughout the postseason, teams to score first, teams to out-homer their opponents, and home teams. And she was very nervous about the home team stats, but the Giants became just the fourth team to win a game on the road this postseason. So they scored first, they out-homered their opponent, and they went the other way with the home team record. So, you know, she knows that the stats can change. That's why we track the trends, because they may go end up having a game that goes against it. All right, Langer. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bleacher tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher tweets for a Tuesday. First up, we've got Katie Casey at tweet 
Buster Bleats, Buster and Reverend Schwink, have you ever seen a manager have as big of an impact on their team's performance than Alex Cora, especially impressive in today's front office-led game? I thought that Joe Madden had a tremendous impact on the Cubs in 2015. I know there are Cubs uh, front office executives who believe that as well. Um, I thought Joe Torre, you know, I covered him when he uh, managed the Yankees. I thought he was perfect for that team and the way that he handled them. But Alex Cora is definitely one of the best managers in baseball. Uh, I think Craig Council has had a similar impact. And you know what? Let's start giving some credit to Brian Snitker, the Braves manager, who uh, always seems to keep his, uh, you know, his, his great clubhouse culture exactly where it needs to be. Max Hempner at Matt the Stud. If Xander Bogarts keeps hitting in the second half of his career like he has in the first half, on top of the accumulated postseason accomplishments, then will he be a Hall of Famer? Matt, he's got work to do, I think. Uh, you know, 1,239 career hits. To your point, uh, you know, second half of the career, maybe he accumulates and gets, you know, well over 2,000 hits. His adjusted OPS plus is 115. That's not uh, the sort of number that necessarily gets you to the Hall of Fame. But look, he could be, as we've seen in recent years, he's getting better. He's 29 years old. He's got two World Series titles under his belt, and now they're in a position to potentially get a third. Brian Stone King, a.k.a. School of Sweat, writes in, why are managers afraid to ride a hot pitcher? Evaldi in Game 3, Rodriguez in Game 4, for example, both were still pitching well with a lead. Then they end up needing bullpen guys to extend beyond their abilities. Ride the starter hard. I agree with you, School. Well, you know what? The, the metrics say the numbers will be better uh, for pitchers who are more fresh. And I actually think it's becoming easier for the managers to reflexively follow those numbers. That way they avoid the second guess, because if you leave a starting pitcher in and you avoid what the metrics say, when the front office guys come down to your office after the game, and I've seen this happen, you have to try to explain why you made that decision. Uh, and you have to explain to the media why you left a, a, you know, a starter in. It's just easier in making an explanation to just follow the numbers. Um, I don't necessarily like it, but that's the way it is. Interesting. Matt Trembley at Matt Tremble one writes in there's a difference between intentionally getting in the way and intentionally not getting out of the way. Same as a batter not getting out of the way on a hit by pitch. <laughs> he didn't try to get hit, but he did didn't not try to get hit. We're reigniting this debate yesterday that I heard with you and, uh, and Tim and, and my guy Dan Stanzik. Yeah, about Yasmani Grandal. Uh, look, I uh, play semantics or whatever. Yasmani Grandal did not want to get out of the way of that throw. Definitely not. And last one for today, Ted Halleck at Abandoned Touchdown Rates in or TD. I think the Bev may be more apt than the Rev, but um, <laughs> thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Yeah, that. we talked about that. It's it's hard to square those two things. We're, first, we're doing over-unders on drinks, and then we're talking about the Rev, you I'm, know? I'm more of like an outlaw reverend if I had to, uh, you know, really put a fine oh, point boy. on it. <laughs> You're going to get like, we need to get like a costume for you. You need to get like Todd Radin to design a costume for you. Oh, yeah. If we ever do a live show, I feel like that would be a, a, a wonderful bit right there. We'll, we'll put that in our back pocket. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. Twitter. Thanks for writing in, everyone. That's it for today. Taylor didn't think I'd get it done under the deadline we have, but I did. Mm -hmm. My thanks to Jessica Mendoza, Sarah Langs, and The Rev. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. 
Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus Chews provides one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Chews.